Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the Side Action, episode 24 of season four. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and in Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at SideActionPod on Twitter. So first of all, uh, SideAction listeners, it's it's Action's birthday today. You made it, buddy. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. We've got a big uh, big couple weeks here. Big you know engagement, birthday. What yeah. do you got for us next week? I don't know. Next week might be a let down Valentine's Day, I guess. Yeah. Planning, planning something spectacular. Right. Uh, yeah, thank you. Happy birthday to me, I guess. <laughs> Appreciate it. We had a good time today. We're in uh, Avon, Colorado, so just got off the slopes about 30 minutes ago. I'm still in my winter gear, as you can see. Yeah, how was the snow out there? It was pretty good. It was. We thought it would be somewhat icy because it's they haven't had a ton of snow recently, but it was in pretty good shape, much better than I expected. Sure, sure. And you were mentioning that they put a new gondola in, so it's pretty nice situation, so you can get up and yeah. down pretty early, which is is awesome. And it's been many years since I get out there, but it's a beautiful area, uh, you know, Bale Beaver Creek area. So good job. Yeah. What's new with you? Uh, what's new? Let's see. Um, not not too much. Um, went out a little bit this weekend. Did hit the foreshadows at one point set up a viewing. Oh, crap. Actually, I totally forgot. I got a text. I totally forgot the thing about the ad. So thanks for the reminder. I've got to get an ad this week to uh, foreshadows because maybe they could put us on the revolving ad board that they have for the side action. Nice. So there you go. There's a, there's a homework assignment. Uh, but I went over there, talked to Rob. We're gonna, I'm going to go watch the Super Bowl over there this weekend. Uh, he reserved me a table. They're going to do kind of a – you know, a potluck, you know, for the bar and have a bunch of games, squares and betting and stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's a little change of pace. I usually would Omar's, but he's not having a big party. So I'm like, let's, you know, let's get a, get a, get in the mix over there. It's always a good time. And so that's kind of what's going on. Um, other than that, just you know, normal work and trying to juggle a million things as usual, you know? Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. Well, we'll just report out. We did the Ravon experience, you know, thank, thank Melissa for joining us. We had a, a limited crowd. It was Action and I on this new chat app. It was interesting. We might try it again, maybe with a little more lead time to promote it a little bit. Uh, I know that it's kind of a, a new thing for everybody. So, you know, we were also in the early time slot, that early 11 a.m. Central time slot. Maybe that affected it. But it was a pretty fun game until the second half. Uh, it was a pretty interesting game in the first. Uh, so, yeah, I mean. Maybe we'll try it again, Ashton. Yeah, it was cool. I, I mean, we, like I said, I'm always watching Indiana and Purdue games, so it's cool to be on and chatting with somebody about it, and not just sending random tweets out into the abyss that no one applies to. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Except that happened a couple times on the Raybon. You were like putting a comment out, and I was putting in comments, and you're like, "Did you leave the chat?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> there were there were some technical difficulties, which we'll have to relay to the uh, the developers. So, so anyway, so well, let's jump into this action. This is the big week, man. I mean, this is what we've been preparing for all year, at least 
you and I, I mean, we make plenty of money during the year, but most people that, that do gambling or don't, even uh, you know, the novices, they're jumping in on Super Bowl Sunday. So hopefully they'll listen to our content and we'll give them a little bit of direction on how to do it. It doesn't mean you shouldn't have fun, do crazy parlays or something, but we want to gear you a certain way to maybe maybe make some money. Um, so let's talk about the big game, you know, the teams a little bit first, and then we kind of go into all these props and fun things that way you can approach the game. You know, I don't know if there's a lot of updates on the injury front. I don't know if Uzama's going to play it. It doesn't seem like it to me. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a loss for the Bengals offense. And uh, this Cameron Sample, I'm not sure if he's going to play either. Um, so, that you know, these injuries kind of carried forward. For the Rams, you know, Taylor Rapp, I, I didn't see him, him coming off the injury report. I did see that Tyler Higby may play. He's not going to practice the story as he's supposed to play, which – I'm sure that's a great idea. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then Joe Noteboom is still on there. So, I mean, I don't know. Do you take any information? Do you think that the Uzama loss is bigger than, say, the Higby loss, uh, Bengals versus Rams? That's a great question. I, I probably would say that they're pretty even in the mm. tight end department. Both of them are big pass catchers for their offense and their go-to receivers for their respective quarterbacks. So if they're both out or even I would expect if Higby plays, he's still going to be pretty limited. So I, I think that's probably a wash, to be honest. Right, right, right. Well, just so everybody knows going in right now, I mean, the opener was Rams minus four. It, it's pretty much there. I mean, you see four and a half or four just kind of bounces between that number. Pretty stable. And the total is stable at the 48 and a half. We talked about it last week that it opened more at 50 and a half. So, you know, it has come down. Maybe that'll tick up. I'm not sure what to say, actually. Nobody's really betting on this game until, I guess, game day, it seems like. It's, there's not a lot of movement. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's moved at all since we spoke last week. Four and a half and 48 and a half on the total. Right, exactly. Well, let's dig into the props first before we analyze the game specifically. So those of you who are new to listen to us or props in general, what that means is a propositional bet, which basically is anything in the Super Bowl I think I heard Jimmy Vaccaro from Beeston say the first prop bet ever was basically will William the refrigerator Perry score a touchdown, and it was kind of uh, egged on by a better. You know, we said, hey, I want to I want to bet on whether he's going to score or not, and at that time it was the Mirage or something, and they they put it up, and and of course he did score a, a touchdown when the Bears. That was the only Super Bowl we won, by the way, actually, um, but he did, and and that now has become a thing where. There's anything and everything you can bet on. You can bet on the coin toss. You can bet on the Gatorade color. You can bet on any number of different player props in this game, and it makes the game more fun uh, because if you're just – especially if the outcome is done early, <laughs> right, you can still have some action on the game. And yeah. um, But what are – you know, you've done a good job over the last couple of years of explaining to people in general. We know that we all want to win the big plus money, but – in general, your approach to these props is, is what, or what's a smart way to approach it? Well, um, everything being equal, nine times out of ten, you're going to find the more valuable props are the big negative ones, like the no's and the don'ts and the unders, because the public really likes to bet on the yeses and the overtimes and the safeties. And right. so uh, the books know that, and they cater the lines appropriately towards that aside. And so a lot of professionals who really like to bet props and do really well on them are usually laying big numbers for something not to happen. Right. 
And just so, you know, we haven't talked a lot about it this year because it's, you know, kind of goes back to season one. But in general, when you see, you know, we talk about the VIG, which is kind of the, the juice that you pay on a bet um, instead of a straight, you know, you know, $10 for $10 bet. It's usually minus something like minus 110 is the typical uh, juice that you have. So the extra 10 cents on a bet, you know, in these, sometimes you can see like the coin toss is minus 103 on each side because it's, you know, it's a 50 50 shot. But a lot of times, like you mentioned, some of the no's are, are heavy no's, you know, minus whatever, 3,000 or something like that. Um, whereas the plus, sure, you might have a plus side to do it, but why don't you also explain to us the, the probability of that? So let's say you have a plus 300 on a bet. So what's the, the possibility of that coming in in terms of a probability perspective? So plus 300 would be three out of four. Um that it wouldn't happen. So in that case, a plus 300 means that it's a 25% chance that the outcome will occur one in four. And so, uh, in the one time that you win that you win $300 and the three times that you lose, you lose $300. And that's the break even point on that bet. And typically the way you can do the quick math on that is any plus value, just add a hundred and then divide. So if it was a plus 700, that would be a one in eight shot or 12 and a half percent. Right. Right. So the bottom line is, if you you know, we all want to see those big numbers and we love parlays and we love these crazy props. But when you do that, it, you're, you're doing a long shot. I mean, this is definitely a Hail Mary situation. And certainly you can win the money like you won the you know 90 to one shot on that one golfer. But more often than not, it's it's weighed against you. So the smarter way to approach it is betting the minus money, maybe shorter minus money. But you know, minus money when you see the two. If there's a minus and a plus, the minus is the, is the smarter way to go. So, and you still win money. Like some people don't, the newbies that are listening, like the five that will listen this week, you still win money. Okay. <laughs> you win your bet. It's just you're going to win a much lower percentage of that. You know, it's not going to be, you're not going to double your money basically if it's minus 200. It's, you know, you win half the money basically back back. So. And I, I wouldn't discourage any of our listeners for wanting to pick a long shot and go for it. This is supposed to be entertaining in the end. I yep. don't think many of us are actually trying to make money doing it. So if you want to have a bet on the Super Bowl and have some fun with it, then I would certainly encourage that. Yeah, and you obviously, as we'll talk through some of these, you want to obviously correlate your idea of the game. Like, what do you think is going to happen? So maybe you're identifying plus money that you think could happen. You know, it may be less likely, but... Obviously, you see it happening a certain way, and, and maybe that means you lose. You're not hedging it. You're, you're going all in on the Rams or the, you know, the Bengals, for example. But um, if you do that, then hopefully you're aligning your bets and maybe everything will come in and you'll have a, a monster day and be able to have a good time. So. Mm -hmm. so we already mentioned the coin toss. These are some of the ones on the game side that I've kind of identified, just kind of stuff that people always bet on. Um, the first offensive play of the game. You know, the run, typically they run on the first play, it's minus 130 versus pass is plus 105. But that's a short number. I mean, that's still got a pretty good likelihood to happen on the run run pass, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you got the tie. Go ahead. I, I like the I like the play or the run in that case. I think the Bengals, if they get the ball, they're definitely going to run it. And I think there's a good chance the Rams would too. Yeah, I mean, we, in hearing a lot of Easton stuff, it seems like the Rams will likely try to run the ball a lot uh, initially to keep Burrow off the field uh, and shorten the game because then Burrow's got to make plays down the field instead of dinking and dunking like he's done in some other games. So agreed. I think both teams will run. 
this one I thought was interesting, and it's a big plus number, but tie at the end of the fourth quarter. Now, obviously, if you believe the game's just going to be a blowout or something, this isn't a good one, but we have had a lot of close games, especially the last, you know, whatever, six games have been very close, either been overtime or close to overtime. Plus, you know, 1050 at Rivers is a pretty good number for that. Yeah, I mean, it's a four-point spread, and we've seen a whole slew of overtimes in this playoffs. So if you want to ride the hot hand there, wouldn't fault you there. Yeah. Uh, so one of the ones I kind of like, you know, I'm kind of tipping my hand a little bit later. We'll talk about our leans for the game or our picks for the game. But Bengals under 22.5 is minus 117. That's kind of the team total for the Bengals. I don't know. I'm not feeling great about the Bengals this week. I, I, last week I was like, hey, Burrow for Burrow for president and everything. But the more I think about the game, I know that the Chiefs blew it. Uh, I think the Titans didn't necessarily blow it, but it's I don't know. I'm just I'm thinking the Rams are going to smash this team, and I, I'm a little worried about it. I want the Bengals to play better, but if they're going to win, I, I think you know it's got to be a low scoring game anyway. So I just kind of feel like 22 and a half. It seems like a lot of points for me. So that minus 117 seems reasonable at least i know it's a little more more to the money uh you put a little more big on that one but i definitely think that's the way to go yeah i think on team totals especially you you end up paying more than 110 in most cases so 117 is not an extreme number by any means right right another one i kind of pulled out was uh the exact margin of victory this is something that rivers and other places do which gives you a it's probably a dumb bet. Uh, Ashton will tell you it's a dumb bet, but it gives you kind of, you know, one to six points, you know, seven to 11 or something like that. It has to fall within that range. And in this case, you know, Cincinnati, you know, you know one and a half, one to six points margin. So, you know, it's plus 410. If Cincinnati is to keep it close, you know, that seems to be a reasonable one. But um I don't know. Do you like any of those? Or do you, do you, you tend to stay away from those bets? No, the index props are hard where index prop being there is more than two outcomes. So there could be, in this case, I'm sure they have a bunch of different ranges. There could be 12 or 15 different outcomes on this prop. And usually right. the books like to hide a lot of their edge in that because if you add up all of the probabilities, typically they're not going to equal 100%. And so right. they're going to be taking a small cut of every single bet that comes in. So. I typically like to stay to the binary outcomes, either one A or B, yes or no. Got it. Perfect. Uh, here's here's a binary one. Either team team to win by exactly three points. Now, this to the yes, it's plus four fifty because it's less likely. The no minus six seventy. But the last six games, right, that we've seen on our yeah. screen, only one has been not three points. All the rest were six points. Well, six and then all were three points. A field goal at the end. This has been one of those trend picks that maybe maybe it's worth it, especially if, you know, the Bengals are to keep it close. It may come down to a field goal. I don't hate taking a shot on that either. I think that as expectation, it could be a close game unless I mean, I've heard some say the Rams could blow them out and I could see that, too. But if it comes down to the end, uh, that bet at plus 450 is pretty good odds. Right, right. A few more of these, uh, you know, first team to 15 points, you know, Rams minus 177. That's a big one. Uh, first scoring play. This is an interesting one. You know, Cincinnati touchdown comes in at plus 225. Cincinnati field goal plus 410. And we know that Zach Taylor loves his field goal kicker. And uh, if they are to score, you know, it probably more likely to be a field goal in my mind than a touchdown. But, uh, I mean, the Rams obviously were more were shorter odds in this one. 
What do you do? Are there any on here? The rest of the list that you like? Uh, defensive touchdown plus two thirty. It's very interesting as well. I do. I like that one quite a bit. Um, you know, if I'm just going to throw some some throw the ball throw the wall throw the wall money, the offensive lineman to score a TD plus nineteen hundred. That would be my little fun bet, hoping that something crazy happens. But um, you know, we already covered some of the ones I really like. Um, so I don't know. If there are any other ones that you like? Um, I've heard uh, it's a very popular pick every year in the Super Bowl is the second half to be higher scoring than the first half. I think the okay. odds have probably drifted a little bit as we enter into week two. But usually you see uh, in the Super Bowls, they start out slow in the first half and then tend to pick up. So I think I heard at the latest, like minus 120, you can lay for the second half to be higher scoring. Hmm. Okay. I like that one. I like that one. So let's talk about some of these player props. And this is just kind of general information. And then we can talk what you like. But you've got your passing yards props, your passing TD props. Uh, player to throw the first interception, I think, is an interesting one. And then player to throw the first touchdown. Uh, I do like the Stafford minus 114, which is heavy juice, but that first interception, because he's definitely, he'll, he's going to throw an interception. It's just a matter of when, if it's before Burrow. And Burrow's pretty clean, usually. Um, but do any of these, you know, Burrow's 276 and a half for yardage props, Stafford's 280 and a half, and then the TD props are one and a half for Burrow and two and a half for Stafford. Uh, is there anything on here that you like? I mean, I tend to think that this is going to be a lower scoring game. So in general, I've gravitated towards some of the unders on most props, or at least I plan to here, still waiting on some. But uh, the passing yards aren't two that I've really uh, been looking at, to be honest. It's funny when you mentioned player to throw first INT, I thought in my head, oh, that has to be a Stafford favorite there. But I'm surprised it's only 114. I thought it would have been heavier juice. Yeah, me too. That's why I saw that. It was pretty close, and maybe they just figure he's not going to throw one. Um, but he's done it. Uh, I think – did he throw one against the Cardinals? Maybe he didn't, but I mean, he gives the ball up. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I typically stay away from the passing props because, you know, like you said, you know, it's, in fact, I think the winning teams usually run the ball more. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not like Stafford's going to be hucking and chucking as much. I think Burrow is the one who probably – tend to throw the ball more, whether he completes it more. I didn't put his attempts up, I don't think, because that was another thing you could bet on. I do think he's going to throw the ball quite a bit, Um, but we'll see. Now, rushing, you mentioned this last week, and you kind of already let us into this. You think they're going to be running the ball a little bit more. I showed at Rivers the acres prop is 63.5 now. Uh, It does sound like Henderson might play. I don't know if that affects your play on that right now. Mixon at 62.5. And then I kind of like Burrow. Uh, 11 and a half, you know, rushing yards. And I only guess, or you put that maybe the 11, yeah. the under 10. I, that one, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to be betting under on Burrow rushing yards. I think throughout this playoffs, we've seen an inflation on all quarterback rushing props, mainly because of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And really Burrow in his own right had a couple of big yeah. games too. But this Rams team likes to sit back in the zone, and I, I just don't expect that Burrow is going to be able to have much success running the football. Yeah, they rush four. They're not going to be blitzing very often, at least. You know, they'll be checking down a lot. Um, but you still like the Acres over prop? I do. Yeah, Daryl Henderson doesn't really scare me, to be honest. Okay. And the same for attempts. Now, you your your pick was attempts on Mixon, right? Is That's that right. right? Yep. So 16 and a half on the attempts for Mixon. 
Uh, so it was minus 125. I, I saw it, you know, about that for Rivers in the unders plus one, 101. So you still like the uh, the over on the 16 and a half. I do. I like his over carries uh, preferable than the yards because I do think that the Rams are going to be able to bottle him up a little bit. But I expect that uh, Zach Taylor is going to continue to pound him into the ground no matter what the game state is. Yeah, I know. He's an interesting guy. Well, let's talk about receiving props, and you already last week clued us in on receiving yards for OBJ, 62.5 uh, yards over. At, I had minus 112 at Rivers. Um, you've got other guys like Chase, 79.5, uh, Higgins, 69.5. Cup is 106.5. It's crazy. And you've already bet the over at 104.5? I did bet Cup over. Yeah, I think that's one guy who's going to get his catches and his yards in this game for sure. Right. I kind of like Mixon. I like Mixon over. You know, he's at minus 112 for 26 and a half. I just think you're going to have to check the ball down against the Rams. I Maybe maybe I'm wrong, uh, but and I know that they can use P. Ryan as well. But if they're going to disguise the, what they're going to do at all, they should actually be in running situations and then throw the ball to Mixon on the backfield. That's kind of my conceptual idea. So that's one I'm going to hit on Sunday. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he's caught, uh, let's see, 27 yards uh, receiving in the last game in the championship, and I think he had and a 50-point this way. Exactly. And the same with receptions. Would you uh, you would just stick to the yards properly, Jay? You think he's a five for receptions, the overs plus 120, or you just don't like the under on that? I, I, I like the yards on that. I don't know if I'd be betting the receptions on OBJ. I think if anybody is going to be getting the catches, it's Cup. You know, he – uh, Stafford looks to cup in almost all situations, but I do think that OBJ is going to be the downfield threat. You get your point. Uh, receptions cup is eight and a half. Uh, the overs just plus 100 under minus 124, which is interesting. So, you know, he gets his typical game. It's like eight for 110. You know, that's his typical game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I, I still like mixing. I like Higgins too. Five and a half. The overs plus 104. Unders minus 135. Higgins is kind of a safety blanket for, you know, for Burrow in my mind, even though Chase is the playmaker. He's going to have to throw the ball down the field a little bit to Chase, but I do think he's going to hit some mid-range with Higgins, so I might hit that over plus 104. One thing that I've been looking for recently in the receptions market is live receptions, uh, at least at DraftKings. I think there's a few other operators who offer live player props, and if the game starts slow, they just have algorithms that don't hesitate to drop those numbers you could mm-hmm. catch Cup at like six or six and a half pretty early on if it goes without a catch for a while. And I think in the end, he's going to get his catches, whether they come in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. Yeah, they'll get him the ball, whether it's wide receiver screens or, or whatever. So, Okay, uh, the last uh, kind of category in the game stuff is is TDs. Um, so this is like the first TD you know, for the game. Again, this is an index prop that Action doesn't doesn't like, So, uh, but I like to talk about it. Because um, everybody does. Uh, Cup is obviously the leader there at plus 475. But do you like any of the anytime props? So the way that you look at this prop is there's the first touchdown by the, by the Rams, okay, uh, which is it doesn't matter if the Bengals score. It's the first touchdown by the Rams is Cup plus 475. But you also could bet that Cup scores a touchdown at all, and he's anytime minus 200. So he's like almost guaranteed to score a touchdown, right? Whereas Akers is plus 118. Seems like a logical one, right, for rushing. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it is still as an index prop in and of itself. Yeah, that's true. I, 
I I wouldn't stay away from first TD uh, touchdown props, but for those, I'll be looking for longer shots. I mean, in those markets, I think that the value lies further down the board in most cases. Got it. And for the for the Bengals, you've got Mixon at plus you know six fifty for the uh, for the first touchdown for the Bengals. Chase plus seven hundred, Burrow plus twenty two hundred. But the anytime props for Mixon is minus one hundred eight, minus one thirteen for Chase, and then the plus money comes in. So um, to your point, you see like one of those like tight ends or, or random guys like a P Ryan or something like that. That might be whatever plus five thousand or something in there. Yeah, I mean the backup tight end or the third tight end for the Rams name escapes me right now. I've I've seen mm-hmm. as a big number to if Higgin or uh, Higby is hurt at all, there could be some value there. Sure. The last way uh, what I was looking at is position to score the first TD in the game. You know, running back is plus 185 and wide receiver minus 182, which is kind of interesting because, you know, in the old days it's always running the ball, but you're thinking they're going to get a pass play to get a first touchdown plus 185 on a running back. It's a short number, you know, shorter number than some of the other long shots, but I kind of like it. I, I think that, you know, they're going to be running the ball more, so maybe. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what the quarterback price is in that market. Stafford sneak near the goal line could be pay like five or six to one in some cases. For sure, for sure. Well, anyway, this is what everybody really wants to hear, actually. They want to hear our, our position on the national anthem and, and all the rest of this stuff. But so in addition to – now, granted, you got to look at your operator – Rivers does not really offer this stuff. You have to go offshore or maybe, I don't know if DraftKings doesn't do this, do they? I'm not sure. I haven't really looked for entertainment props, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I just did some research. But basically, you can bet on the national anthem, which Mickey Guyton is the uh, singer. Uh, right now, the from what I've seen is 98 seconds is the is the time in terms of the total over under minus 115 both ways. Um, there's also you can bet on if she's omitted a word. Uh, by the way, that's plus 900. So it's mm-hmm. no is minus 3,000. That's to action's point. It's pretty unlikely she's going to do that. Uh, and then I like this one, number of planes in flyover. So if the five is kind of the number. Five planes is kind of, you know, the over is minus 150, under plus 110. So this is kind of the number. Five, five is the fly, flyover number. Interesting. I wouldn't have any idea how to handicap that. <laughs> Um, and then the halftime show, you know, this is always obviously exciting stuff. Uh, the first to perform, it's interesting, my cousin Tommy, who probably isn't listening, but uh, he uh, he did a little article this week, and he I think he had different odds. I mean, he pulled it from somewhere else, but I saw Dre as the, the number one guy, plus 150 to perform first, which makes sense. You know, Englewood, Englewood is up to no good. Uh, but And then Mary J and Snoop Dogg and stuff, so he's the heavy favorite at plus 150. I suppose they could surprise you and do a Mary J. Blige at plus 200, but I would think Dre is going to kick it off. And you could also do his, the first song in California Love at plus 200 is the favorite, whereas uh, Nothing But a J Thing is like plus 700. Interesting. I, I could see some value in some of those markets. Dr. Dre plus 150, sign me up. <laughs> exactly. That's some plus money. Um, I love some of these other ones. Will Snoop smoke on stage? Like the no is. 450, but it's plus 300, so, you know, why not? I think that's a yes, but for me. <laughs> and what about Eminem to be censored? The yes is minus 180, but the no is plus 135. Wow, interesting. Yes, uh, yes, I'll take the big price. There's no question. The last one I put on here is the Gatorade color. Um, you know, obviously, this is, 
you know, it gets a little bit hazy. You know, you've got to look at your your operator who's putting this out because you've got the orange, but then you also have lime, green, and yellow, which is it's kind of a band that gives you more. But the just the favorite, a plus one thirty. The lime green yellow is plus three hundred. Clear is plus one seventy five, which is close to the to the top. Uh, purple plus twelve hundred. That's that's the dark horse. I've never heard of clear Gatorade. Is that something that they make, or is that just water? I think it's just water. So okay. it's just whatever on the coach, right? <laughs> Do make they? Yeah, you know, that's true. They don't make it. It's kind of like a that one frosted whatever cherry is is more of a whitish color, I suppose. I bet so. when they first created it back in Gainesville back in the day, it was clear at one point in time, and then they were just added food coloring. Yeah, a little food coloring. A little, I mean, it, it it can't kill you, right? Red forty or whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's talk about the game itself, action, and finally we'll get to the actual game. So we talked last week, um, you know, you know, the money line, everybody, the public's always going to bet the, the dog and the plus money because they're going to go for that. And, um, you know, so it's going to be actually a depressed price than what it should be. Uh, the Rams, I'm seeing anywhere from minus 190 to minus 195. I do like the Rams this week. I've already told you that. I actually probably would, would lay the points, too. I, I think – the more I think about it, and I, it's, and I look, hate me America for for not going for the Bengals. Um, I just think the luck's going to run out at some point, man. I mean, they weren't the better team probably two weeks in a row now. And as much as I hate the Rams buying a championship, it's hard for me to, even though the numbers are close on paper, I just think that that defensive line and the offensive line are going to take apart, you know, the Bengals. So. I'm all in the Rams, guys. Sorry. Uh, I hate to be the favorite, you know, the rooting for the favorite, but that's where I'm going. Yeah, I think you're right. And I I suspected that this line would come down like we spoke about last week. But I mm-hmm. think that some of the media uh, breakdowns and the, the sports betting media that's getting out there is leading people to actually understand that L.A. is the valuable side here. And we may not actually see the, the number that we're looking for. So. <sighs> I'm with you. I like the Rams. Um, I would really like to see the Bengals win, but uh, I'm not sure that this team, who was lined in preseason at a win total of five games, who's now made the Super Bowl. I mean, there was an expectation of what the Bengals were going to be this year, and now they're in the Super Bowl, and I'm not sure they match up with the Rams, to be honest. I don't think so. And, you know, look, there is a path for them to win. You know, it's – you know, obviously, first of all, they've, they've got to be effective, you know, on third down that, that they've been a lot of times in the playoffs. They definitely have to get turnovers. And I think it's up to Stafford. Stafford can lose this Super Bowl, right? Uh, and he might win it, too. But my thing is, if he throws some stupid picks, gets them, you know, a, a score or something like that. Now you flip the game around where he's got to throw the ball, where they're not running the ball as much. I just think at some point the defensive line woes for the Bengals is going to come to fruition. I thought last week, you know, the, the 49ers defensive line is really good, and they still they didn't you know they didn't run the ball very good against that team. But I think this team they will. I think they're going to run the ball well, and it's just going to set up that play action pass, and it's going to be tough for the Rams to or to the Bengals get off the field. And Joe's going to have to strike down the field, and maybe Chase comes up great. But I think they're going to – this time, I think it's just going to run out. I hope it's a, a good game. Trust me, I hope it's a good game. Yeah. But I'm thinking they're going to cover the number. What about the total? You think – I'm under. I'm under personally. But yeah. I, over. I, I still like the under. I, told, I think I told you last week I bet it at 50 on the open, and now it's 48.5. It's certainly not quite the same value. 
going through 49, but right. um, I do think it's going to be low, lower scoring as well. Wah, wah. You Sorry, know, guys. Wags, I'm not a big Simpsons aficionado, but I've seen circulating on Twitter this week that the Simpsons predicted the Bengals would play the Rams in the Super Bowl, and the Bengals win the game in the Simpsons episode 23 to 20. And uh, the Simpsons oh. have known to have be pretty good on their predictions. Have they? Yeah. The isotopes? I mean, I don't know, but I, I, I was trying to pull up the meme. I should have kept it. Yeah, I saw it too uh, all over Facebook today. And, you know, you see on Homer's stomach or something, the, the Bengals winning. And the Bengals cheerleaders, look, it's it, – it, I can follow the, the Simpsons a lot of places, but uh, <laughs> not for me. You guys can go for it and be the – show me up. Next week, tell me I'm wrong, and that's fine. But uh, I'm not going to put my money on the Bengals this week. I, I wanted to. I really wanted to, actually. Maybe I'm going to try to put some of the props so I, I'm rooting for them in some kind of way. But uh, – but yeah, you know, unfortunately, I'm, and I didn't want the Rams to win. I, I just, like I said, I'm totally against like, buying championships and stuff. But right. you know, it's a time they got to do it. McVay. I think the other factor is Zach Taylor is going to be out coached. I think that's a given. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually coached pretty well, uh, or maybe kind of got a little lucky in some respects. But he's he's played it close to the vest. I think the way for them to win is actually not to play close to the vest. I think they're going to have to, you know, empty the clip so to speak and pull out some stops. But I don't know. He, he, you know, I know he's going to kick too many field goals. He's going to need to go for fourth down, and he's not going to. And yeah, we'll see what happens. So, can't wait. That's right. That's right. We'll recap next week uh, for sure. Well, let's go into the hoops uh, action. You know, we had a, a stellar week. I don't know if you checked our record. It was terrible. Um, but uh, but why don't you recap a little bit on the action index? Looks like there's minus movement not too much on your yeah yeah i don't know that we need to go into a lot of detail same five teams at the top gonzaga arizona kentucky houston and purdue are rounding out the top five and although auburn continues to impress they did lose last night as the number one team in the nation um still not not making the top uh five in the action index here well you know they almost lost on saturday georgia And that I don't know what's going on. I don't follow them close enough to know if they have injuries, but last night they yeah they got beat last night and it wasn't really close. So maybe they're just hitting a skid and, and it's tough. You know the the college basketball season flies under the radar because of football for so long. It's kind of in the dog days for them. I mean you, you're only talking about about a month before this you know March Madness is here in the conference tournaments. So it's hard to consistently be good. Uh, yeah. That's for sure. Um, well, anyway, we'll go into our recap. We did not do well all this week, Action. Um, you did call the Purdue win last night. Nice work. Uh, we called the Nova win <laughs> against UConn, but the rest of them came up stinkers. I mean, the game we pulled, you know, Illinois had a great second half to beat Indiana. Uh, Baylor played like crap. I don't know what's up with that team. That team's a throwout. Uh, Arizona, you know, they won the game. They just couldn't cover the number. And Duke, whew, they just whooped up on the, the heels, man. That was not pretty. And one thing, other thing about, you know, Michigan State didn't come in against Wisconsin last night. I watched that game. That team can't score. I, I, I can't shoot the ball. That's for damn sure. But so I'm going to be looking to fade them a little bit uh, down the stretch. So I don't know. Any observations from those games? I was going to just say that Michigan State loss last night to Wisconsin was probably the most surprising outcome in my mind of the entire week. I, I just can't believe that they would lose to Wisconsin in East Lansing. 
I know, I know. And Wisconsin hasn't been playing great, but you know the difference between Wisconsin and Michigan State from what I saw last night. Johnny Davis. Johnny yeah. Davis could score when he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Michigan State had nobody to score. It was really they only they had like fifty some points forever. I mean, they had like fifty, like under fifty, fifty two points. I mean, I was like, when are these guys going to turn it up? They're, and they couldn't hit threes. So, well, let's look at some games this week. Obviously, we'll a little bit shorter slate since we have the Super Bowl here. But I, I figured, you know, you got the Thursday night action first. Your your Boilers are up again, and, and they're playing good basketball. They won three in a row. They're at Michigan. Uh, they their opening is. Are you showing a three point three and a half point dog or favorite? Uh, Purdue's favorite three and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So three and a half point in Michigan. The total one fifty and a half. Yeah. The, initially, I was really hoping to catch a bigger number on Michigan here because this is a very tough spot for Purdue coming off of the huge emotional game on Tuesday night against Illinois, and this one kind of got squeezed into the schedule because it's a COVID reschedule, and I really think that Michigan played well last weekend on the road at West Lafayette. They were in that game throughout, and I expect that they're going to play pretty well again at home this week, but three and a half is just a little short for me. I'm not sure I can get behind Michigan at that number. Yeah, I'd go Purdue. I, I, you know, I'm watching some of that Michigan-Purdue game on Saturday. They played Saturday, Mm -hmm. you said. They, I mean, it's clearly the size is crazy for Purdue. I mean, they're just gigantic. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess, uh, what's his name, Dickinson? Yep. Is that there? I mean, he obviously has got to make shots for Michigan to play well. You know, he's he's trying to pull the bigs away from the basket. I just didn't like the way they defended Ivy in that game. I, I didn't have anybody to get stay in front of him. So you might be right. It's a letdown spot. But uh, three and a half is... It's a pretty short number for Purdue to me. So let's see. Friday night action. I pulled one for you, action. I know you love these Friday night games. Uh, UConn and Xavier, uh, we've been talking about, you know, a little bit about the Big East. Uh, UConn hasn't played fantastic. And Xavier, you're showing as a three-point favorite with Ken Palm. And the total is 142. This is uh, Friday night at 6 p.m. Central. You know, I don't know what to, to make of these teams, to be honest with you. Sometimes these teams play great. UConn's guards are really good, but Xavier, you know, they, they lost against uh, DePaul. Uh, you know, DePaul's not a very good team this year. So I'd probably go with the dog here uh, at UConn on the road. I don't know if Xavier's playing that great, you know, but maybe it was just a letdown spot against DePaul. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that um, I'm showing a little bit of value on – oh, wait, it's Xavier minus three. Wow, okay. Showing, yeah. Ken Pomp's throwing me off here. I, I think I'm with you. I, I show some value on UConn here because right. they're the better team on a neutral court, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure that the Centos Center in Cincinnati is really worth that much these days. So I would go with the Road Dog as well. Yeah, I'm showing Xavier like they're one in one in seven in their last eight covering spread. I mean, maybe there's just something wrong, but yeah, so I like that one. So on Saturday, we've got a pretty good slate of games. There's three games I like. Uh, Texas is at Baylor. Uh, that's 11 a.m. Central. You know, Baylor seems to be struggling. Uh, I'm not sure. We always say this, and then they flip around and play good. But in Texas, you know, they've been kind of up and down, but they've been playing really good defense, as we know. Uh, Chris Beard is there. I'd probably take those six points uh, on the road at Baylor. Yeah, Texas. I mean, uh, Texas showed, finally showed up in a big game the other night and knocked off Kansas, and mm-hmm. I think that was Monday Monday night? It had to be Monday night. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, you mentioned that earlier, Baylor has really been struggling lately. I think that the injuries have caught up with them, but Flagler did come back this week and played on Saturday in that Kansas game, although he yeah. did terribly. So I'm not <laughs> sure getting him back was much of a help. So I would agree. I think there's some value on the dog here. Right. So we've got the big matchup in the West Coast Conference at 9 p.m. Central, and that's St. Mary's at the Zags. Uh, total 146. I was very excited about St. Mary's before last night, action. Uh, apparently something happened in the West Coast Conference last night because St. Mary's and San Francisco both got knocked off by lesser foes and Pacific, you know, played good against USC. So maybe it was just a weird situation, but St. Mary's going into the game was covering numbers. I was like, this team's playing really good. You know, they were five and two against the spread in the last seven. But the Zags, I mean, 14 points. God, this team is so good. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, you know, they're at home. Um, you think that they just get up for this game and destroy the Gales here? Yeah, <laughs> they've been destroying every team that they face this season. And what I've been betting on lately with the Zags is looking at their team totals because all of their games are extremely high scoring and their opponents just cannot stop their offense. So where in a typical case, I might like the game total. I'm just gravitating to try and focus in and um, align just with the Zags and bet on that Zags team total. Yeah. So in this case, the team total would be what, uh, I don't know, 80-something, 80 86, 87, something like that. Yeah, it's low 80s range, 83, 84, typically, depending on what the game total comes out to be, obviously. Right. Okay. Well, last one on Saturday that I kind of like is UCLA at USC, that, you know, battle in LA. This is like the, the pregame of the Super Bowl, you know, so that's at 9 o'clock Central as well. Uh, both these teams are, are a little confounding. I mean, you know, USC – they get they get a big win, you know, or they get or they almost cover against or they cover against Arizona, and then they play like crap against Pacific, right? It doesn't make any sense. Whereas UCLA is up and down too. I'm not sure which team. I think that UCLA is the better team, uh, and they are you know on the road here. You're not showing a a spread here, but I would guess that USC would be a short favorite at home, right? I don't know. I uh, did I miss that one? I can pull up Ken Palm. Um, the USC game last night against Pacific, I think we can probably just throw out as handicappers because it was an obvious letdown and out of conference game too. I think it would have been really tough for those guys to get up for that one, regardless of the opponent. But, um, let's see, USC, that's Saturday night, USC and UCLA. I think I've got that Saturday. Let me double check. They don't call us the best in the business for having things uh, planned out. Eh? Um, <laughs> like Ken Palm is a week ahead here. That's why I can't find it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, 9 o'clock. Uh, yep. That's right. February 12th. I think that uh, he's likely going to have UCLA favored. Hmm. Okay. Short favorite on the road. I mean, road. It's, you know, down the road. Yeah, UCLA minus three, 137. Okay. Any any thoughts on the side here? Uh, I mean. I, I like UCLA. I know that I disparaged them earlier in the season and talking about their run last year. But the one or two games I've watched now against Arizona, I've been incredibly impressed with the way they battled in both of those games. Tiger Campbell <laughs> is playing well. And uh, the – 
you know, Robin to the Batman, Jaime Yaquez is always going to play well too. So I would probably lean to UCLA. Okay. I can stick with you on that. I mean, I do think they have more talent and uh, they do seem to play up for opponents. This is definitely one of those that they'll play up for. So that should be a fun game to watch. A couple more here Sunday. And I slipped this in action. I was looking for games, you know, Colorado state, they've let us down. They've, they've honestly let us down. They might be, they're not going to be the darlings of the podcast anymore. But Sunday they go to Boise, and Boise's been playing really well. Uh, this is 3 o'clock Central, right before the Super Bowl. You can check this one out. So it looks like the Rams are uh, five-point dogs on the road at Boise, and Boise has really consistently played very well. They did lose at Wyoming uh, this week. But um, I do like this team defensively. Oh, my God, they're seventh in the nation. So I, I probably would lean against my Rams here uh, for that fact alone. Now, they, they're 140th on offense. Let's face it, Colorado State can outscore this team, but they're obviously doing something on defense. Yeah, definitely. And um, they are also very good rebounding, too, fourth ranked in defensive rebounding. So they hold their own on the glass. Even though the Rams don't really crash the glass that often, it looks like they like to play in transition, shoot threes or layups, right? That's, that's the yeah. offense. And Roddy is awesome, by the way. He's one of he my favorite man. players to watch. But I show there's some value on Boise here. It should be closer to seven. So if Ken Palm is accurate, I think the value is with the home team. There you go. All right, two more. Jumping to Tuesday of next week, the 15th. You've got Villanova at Providence. Uh, Nova, you're showing as a four-point favorite per Ken Palm. You know, I've been fading the Friars for a while. I would take Nova here. Now, I don't know. I think Gillespie's out, obviously, with his injury. I didn't hear any update. Is he out significant time, or is he just a few weeks, couple weeks? I was traveling last night, but I saw that he was warming up in the game. I didn't circle back to see if he actually played last night, but I thought that was kind of surprising because when I saw the injury, it looked very serious to me. Yeah. Well, I'd take Nova here, minus four. This is at 7 o'clock on Tuesday. Providence and, and your guy, you know, Ed Cooley, Good coach, but I don't see them anywhere in the top 40 of the metrics, so I'm still surprised they're still ranked in the uh, AP. But, you know, they're winning games, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they continue to pull Ws out from nowhere week in and week <laughs> right. out, but I'm with you. I think this is where the run stops. I think the value's with Villanova. All right, last one, Kentucky at Tennessee. Uh, you know, Kentucky's had an up-and-down week, too. Um, you know, these teams, it's hard to find a team that can cover consistently besides Gonzaga, basically. Uh, you've got Kentucky showing as a one-point favorite on the road at Tennessee, total being 141, which seems a little high. Uh, that's 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, Central on uh, Tuesday. You know, I love Kentucky, but Tennessee's playing pretty good basketball, too. I mean, any value on the home dog here? No, I like Kentucky in this game. I, I know that they didn't cover last night, but I actually bet on South Carolina, and I saw later at the very end Kentucky had the ball with a chance to lay it in mm -hmm. and cover, and the guy waited until after the horn to dunk it, which would have covered the game. And so it was a lucky win for me and on South Carolina. But uh, in the first game, Kentucky just trounced them 107-79, to and that was really their coming out party, and I think there's going to be more of the same in in uh, Knoxville this time around. All right. Good to hear. All right. Let's just cover the games again. I just wanted to put this out for people because the NHL trend we mentioned last week for night ranges, we'll call it the night ranger trend. Uh, you know, we've got last night was, it was one and oh last night, the devils did win seven one. So it's, it's already come through in you know, Nostradamus over here, but we've got uh, at least what four or five games that, that meet the criteria this week. 
You've got on the 10th, which is tomorrow, wait, what day is it? Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Uh, Columbus would go to Buffalo. You'd go on Columbus and Jersey, New Jersey at St. Louis. St. Louis has 11 days off. You go on the Devils there. And then the other three games on the 11th, you've got Seattle at Anaheim. Uh, and that's so Seattle will be the side in that one. Boston at the at the Rangers. Boston will be the side. And lastly, Carolina uh, versus Florida. <laughs> Not to be confused, the the Florida Panthers, but it's the Carolina. I don't ever uh, <laughs> slip that in there. Um, but Carolina would be the side against Florida. They'd have 14 days off when they play Florida on the 16th. So I definitely got to hit this this week and make some money. Yeah, I um, I missed the game last night, unfortunately, but I tracked it. And kudos to Night Ranger who had the winner with the Devils. But there's four going off tonight. Puck dropping soon which I all mm-hmm. bet, and then I'll be looking forward to putting these in as well. That's right. Win some cash. Well, last hit before we kind of close out, you're, uh, you've obviously done pretty well in the PGA. You want to talk to us about the Waste Management Open, or the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Yeah, definitely one of the more entertaining tour stops on the PGA Tour in uh, TPC Scottsdale every year. It's always Super Bowl weekend, and as you know, Wags, it's always a huge party draws crowds of upwards of like 50,000 degenerates who just like to mostly drink and not watch a ton of golf. So uh, 16 is the hole where everyone sits in the big stadium and continues to just drink all day. And it tends to be a big frat party. And uh, it kind of really aids to the excitement this week because a lot of the players like to feed off those crowds. And you'll see that there's a lot of players who historically have played really poorly here because they can't handle the crowds. And so the course history is probably one of the heaviest weights that I used this week to try and pick out some of my plays because you've okay. seen the similar players over and over again who perform well in this tournament. And okay. um, I kind of weighted that a little bit. You also see that putting is less important in this course because um, you know there's – you don't have to have a ton of accuracy. Distance is certainly helpful off the tee and then accuracy and hitting the greens. So strokes gained approach is something that is really important for picking golfers this week and as well as um, accuracy off the tee. Gotcha. I did. I knew I can see you noted the the Bermuda overseeded with bent Poa and rye on the, on the greens. Good, yeah. good research. Yeah. Basically everything. It's just a, <laughs> it's, a it's a mutt of green grasses. So another reason why there isn't a ton of putting data that's really reliable when you're trying to pick out winners this week. Right. So, uh, I will say that this is probably the most top-heavy field that we've seen so far this year. I think there's at least 20 golfers in the top 50 that are playing, including okay. uh, John Rahm and mm-hmm. uh, Matsuyama, as well as uh, Justin Thomas. And Victor Hovland is making his debut after having some success across the pond so far this season. So a lot of those guys have really short odds, though. So I'm looking a little bit further down the board this week. I like Daniel Berger at 28 to 1. He's probably my Mm -hmm. shortest pick. Uh, He withdrew last week with a backer injury, but I suspect that he really was just looking forward to this tournament and hopefully will come out ready to play this week. Right. You've got Luke List on here. He's one of your guys. You've got him in the top 20 as well. So you can bet him in the top 20 at plus 230. But to win it plus seven thousand, which is great. 
Um, you also like a couple of matchups to fade Jordan Spieth. He has not done well at this tournament. Well, he actually played here uh, last year well and finished third. And he's been pretty hot this season so far with the Irons. He's been uh, testing out a new swing, I understand, and okay. uh, was actually in contention last week up until the 17th hole. But I think this is a week where it's going to get the better of him. You know, he's kind of hot and cold, and I'm just projecting that he's going to be cold this week. And you like Matsuyama against him at the minus 149 in the matchup, and also Scotty Scheffler at minus 144. So obviously the odds are against him for for whatever reason uh, at this course. So. Excellent. Well, let's win some. Let's win some money on golf too. Let's keep it rolling. You know, Super Bowl. You know, NHL golf. Let's win any way we can. That's right. We got to get some more sports into the podcast here now that football is dropping off. What are you? What are? You, how are you watching the game? Are you going to still be out in in uh, Colorado? No, we're traveling back early Sunday morning and planning just to watch it at home, the two of us, quiet night, make some food, and uh, really just focus in on the game and my prop bets. Nice, nice. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to be at the Foreshadows. Anybody who's listening is happy. I'll come on by the table, say hi. Uh, you know, Rob would be ready, ready for you. Get some get some cool cold brews or whatever you like. I know he's making some special wings. Everybody's bringing stuff for the potluck, so it should be nice. an exciting time. Looking forward to that. And, um, you know, I know I think Ridgeway, a couple of our friends are coming, Cardish, but we might have some other volleyballers too. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be good, even though the game, I'm not as intrigued by the matchup for whatever reason. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, well, great, man. Well, happy birthday action again and uh, enjoy the slopes and, you know, take some pictures out there. I mean, it's good. I, I finally saw a picture of you on social media. It's only been like six months. I, you know, <laughs> it took to get engaged to get on social media again. Yeah, that's right. We've been kind of dormant from the socials. It's all right. All right. Well, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, everybody. Good luck with the Super Bowl. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.